0: Welcome to A Case of the Mondays, a podcast by 3R Strategy where we talk about some of the most pressing issues facing HR professionals and business leaders. From fair treatment of employees to fostering transparency in the workplace, we'll explore how to create an environment where people don't just have to come to work but want to. So if you're feeling blue, tune in and join the conversation so you don't end up with A Case of the Mondays.
1: Welcome to another episode of A Case of the Mondays, podcast by 3R Strategy. My name is Ramiz Khalim, author of A Case of the Mondays, How to Build a Culture of Trust Through Pay Transparency. In today's episode, we're discussing why the gender pay gap exists. Should we look to eliminate the gap, or is that just a silly objective? I know just asking that question is going to annoy some people, but we're here to discuss different perspectives so we can have a better understanding of the topic. Today, I'm joined by my colleagues, Philippa Nisbet and Sarah Humphreys. Before we start the the discussion, I know there's often a bit of confusion around what is the difference between the gender pay gap and equal pay. So Philippa, I'm going to come to you first. Would you you want to maybe introduce yourself and, and explain to us the difference between those two concepts?
2: Certainly. Uh, my name is Philip Nisbet and I'm a reward consultant at 3R Strategy. Um probably would describe myself as a fairly militant feminist, so I <laughs> will be delighted to explain the difference between the gender pay gap and equal pay. Oh,
1: I I'm suspect- in trouble today.
2: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, um- it's a strong choice to pick into women's <laughs> do this with you, <laughs> <laughs> Um it's a, it's a Philippa Sarah sandwich are in there, Amis. The In simple terms, the gender pay gap looks only at the average difference between men and women's earnings. So when you're looking at equal pay, you're looking more specifically at how women and men are being paid for doing the same or similar work. That doesn't apply to the gender pay gap. So every organisation that has more than 250 full-time employees, full-time equivalent employees, sorry, have to report their gender pay gap. Equal pay it's more, um, the onus is more on the employee to pick up issues from an equal pay perspective and make a claim to Employment Tribunal. So the gender pay gap is much more visible, but only looks at average difference in earnings. Whereas equal pay is about similar jobs, same or equivalent jobs,
1: and how they get paid for them.
2: Would you agree or is that an incorrect definition?
0: Mm
1: -hmm. (laughs) No, I I agree. I'm not going to, I'm trying to, to try not to disagree with you today.
0: <laughs> That's be a weird, dull podcast. That's that
2: is usually the best answer to that question. Yeah. No,
1: I'm just kidding. I am sure I will be disagreeing many times with you today. <laughs> um. So, uh, Sarah, given given the that explanation and the difference between those two concepts, um, and as somebody who is maybe not as involved with this as we are in the reward world, what is your understanding of the gender pay gap from what you hear in the media what you hear in um you know on tv and why do you think that gender pay gap exists
0: oh that's a big question for someone that doesn't work in reward (laughs) (laughs) um okay so i'm sarah i'm the um marketing and operations manager at 3r strategy i'm basically the only person that doesn't really have much involvement in rewards, does all the sort of backroom operation stuff. Um, And it's been really, really interesting researching um, about this, because like you say, I don't have involvement on a professional level um, with the gender pay gap, but just from what I know, what I've researched, what I've read, um, being a woman in general as well, you know, take a sort of active interest. And I guess my understanding is that it's very much... um, well, there's a lot of sector segregation. So obviously, well, I say naturally, this is the whole thing. So <clears throat> women are more inclined to do the kind of more hospitality roles, um, the more kind of like caregiving roles as well, where you're going to get more women um, in those jobs than men. And they are naturally the more lower paid roles. So I guess sector plays a big part of it. Um, working part time as well has a big as an influence. Obviously, I'm going to say all the things that I've kind of read about it myself and if I'm wrong at any point correct me um so yeah part-time workers more inclined to be women so that has an effect on it as well um generally sort of having career breaks um um which is typically down to child care which again typically is more women focused than men um and I think just uh, leadership roles in general you know when it comes to managerial roles you're much more likely to get a CEO that's a man, you're much more likely to have a board that's majority men. Um, I think it was only last year, I read, um, or was it a couple of years ago, there was a stat that in the FTSE 100 companies, um, only five women were CEOs. So surely that's gonna have a huge impact.
2: It's such an interesting question to think about as well, because in this era of non-binary and the concepts of who is your mate, who is the prime carer for children Mm. and so on, that the, the thrust is that it should be more equal and we shouldn't even really talk about women, we should talk about people. But at the end of the day, there is still a really... Unequal representation in the more senior roles of those who identify as females.
1: But but do you do do you think then that there should be fifty percent representation of men and women in these leadership roles? Should there be fifty percent female CEOs?
2: I think our culture, personally, I think our culture has got a long way to go before that's even possible because there's still a very very clear. The man provides the women does the work at home feeling in in the in society that i live in anyway and obviously I'm not, I'm not necessarily representative of the entire of the uk or entire of any any part of the world but you do see more women choosing to take less like the slightly less senior roles more flexible roles um there's a a really interesting book that I was reading about how the different what the differences are between female brains, as in birth female and male brains, and actually there is a lot, there is a lean towards that caring, nurturing in the female brain so that does lead to women having a different focus than men.
1: So, is, is so th- th- there's two questions there, right? One is um, equality of outcome, and should there be 50%? women in these CEO roles Um, and then there's equality of opportunity and should there be equal opportunity Mm. for people? And so my question is, when you talk about, Sarah, you mentioned 5% are female in these CEO roles. Do you think that there should be 50% women? Should there be equal uh, outcomes?
0: I mean, I think I'd throw it back to you and say, why shouldn't there be?
1: So, if 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 Philip is saying that there's a difference between what men and women naturally um, they have an inclination towards, so let's say, for example, that you've got well, you've got sixty million people here in the UK. Let's say it's a fifty percent split. What percentage of men? are willing to make the sacrifices, work 70 hours a week to go for that CEO role, and what percentage of women are willing to make those similar sacrifices to work 70 hours a week and go for those CEO roles. And if there is, let's say, if there are a million men willing to do that, and if there are 500 women willing to do that, should there be 50% male ceos and 50 percent female ceos should you have that quota
2: i i sorry so jump in sarah while you you just collect collect your thoughts but yeah i don't think it's so much about this is why i find gender pay gap reporting interesting i think that the reporting of it is important to understand what's happening in any given organization if there's uh reason that women do not want to progress in that organization or if there's just less less women around i just think that there's an there's a need to understand whether it is a natural inclination or whether women are just feeling do you know what actually i don't want to work a 100 hour Mm. week because i want to see my family um but at the end of the day should those hours be that that hefty for anyone it's not yeah. necessarily, you know, it's not necessarily about men and women. It's about, a, it's a question mark against what it takes to be a CEO of FTSE 500, for example.
0: Yeah, I guess it's it's the difference between theory and practice, isn't it? Because I was very ready to be like, oh, women should have all the opportunities. Like, stop asking silly questions. <laughs> um, but you're absolutely right. It's 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 partly that kind of. Should women have the same opportunities? Yes, of course they should. Should everyone have this view that a CEO has to be in the office or, you know, in front of a screen and all hours of a day, you know, spend all their time working, not spending any time with family or friends or anything? No, I don't think that's a fair representation of, of what a CEO should be. So I, I do get your point where you may have men who are more... in. In a position where they have more time to sort of you know dedicate to a career, and that's an active choice, men can equally choose to spend more time with them with their families than women can um but yeah I guess it's it's a tricky question because it comes down to well what does life as a as a leader as a high a senior manager entail
1: yeah and and I think you have to recognize that there are a lot of sacrifices that need to be made to do, uh, to be in some of those positions. And there's a lot of stress that comes with it. You know, that you could make mistakes and you lose your job, and you're responsible for uh, hundreds or thousands of people getting paid or having the job. So there's a lot of stress, and that's why um, I, I don't think you can just compare the job of a CEO with another job because of the level of accountability, the the stress. And there are very few people that are going to be willing to make those sacrifices to do those jobs. And if you say that we want equal representation, are you forcing people to do things that they don't necessarily want to do just because you want an outcome of 50%? Um, so I was trying to think of an analogy. I don't know if this makes sense, but it, you know, it's like if you have a... Um, If you have a fruit basket and there are two oranges, one apple and a strawberry, right? So (laughs) I want want an apple and uh, Sarah, you want a strawberry. And so so um, we take what we want. But then Philippa looks at us and says, well, an apple is so much bigger than a strawberry. That's not fair. You both should take one orange each because that's a fair outcome you get the same thing. But actually, I don't get what I want, you don't get what you want. But it's an equal outcome, because somebody looking at this is thinking, I want fairness, and to me, fairness is equal outcomes. But actually, we don't get what we want. So, I think it's more about equality of opportunity. And that's what I think, equality of opportunity and freedom of choice. And if that means there's unequal outcomes, then That's perfectly fine because people have been given a choice and they've exercised that choice and that's led to an outcome. But it's not about somebody just looking at an outcome thinking this is unfair because people are different and they make different choices.
2: I do think though that the question of choice is important because some people choose to do something because they don't have another choice. So, for example, They choose to go and work in a care home because that's the only job they can get, or they choose to stay in a job because they have no, they their family situation or their finances mean that they cannot change what they are doing. Um, So some of it is about that society, the upward mobility of it all, which I don't think is specific to gender. Um, Yeah. So, But I do think it's picked up in in conversations about gender pay and the gap that, that there is between females and males. Um, that concept of, well, you have chosen to be a homemaker. Actually, there wasn't a choice because childcare costs were too expensive and I couldn't go back to work because mm-hmm. that was my salary. Is that a choice? I'm not sure it yeah. is a choice.
1: Yeah. No, d- definitely. There, there is an element of that. And like you said, it's not just to do with gender. There's a real lack of social mobility um, in the UK. In fact, the, the, lack, the lack of social mobility in the UK is possibly the worst, or definitely one of the worst in, in Europe. Um, mm. But if you look at Scandinavian countries, for example, and Scandinavia is always considered to be one of the most you know, uh, exam- best examples of, of equality and um, there is a lot of parental support and there's actually policies that encourage men to take on more parental responsibility in Scandinavia. Mm. And so if you look at the gender pay gap in the EU, I think, I don't know if this is the latest figure, but it was something like 16%. And then you look at the Scandinavian countries and they average between around 12 to 16%. So they're not that far away from the average. And you do have much better, um, fo- or m- a much greater focus on equality. So why is it then that this gap exists in Scandinavia where there is a much greater focus? And wouldn't that be an example of, it's actually a lot of equality of opportunity and freedom of choice?
2: Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'd still say, I'd still say that you've know, got that's, that's, that's the well. <laughs> okay, that's all done. The end. No, the the eighteen percent, twelve to sixteen, like that. That is still quite a difference, and that's a difference of of. Um, I'd say you know it's it's a it's enough of a difference, and I think also you might. Yes, there are. There's a level of equality in say Sweden that there might not be in Spain, but there is a very different approach to childcare in some of those European countries than there is in the UK. There's so many careers where there is a a female-dominated, it's a slightly more flexible, potentially, pattern that that do not pay as much as, say, a data scientist, which is more a
0: male-dominated profession. Is it more about sort of re-educating Society, in terms of what we deem normal. So, sort of, you know, we very much conform to women do these roles, men do these roles. And I get you're saying, Philippa, about there is a, a scientific difference between the nurture um, nature of, of women versus men. Um, but, you know, nurses, primary school teachers, why, why are these people typically women? Like, who's to say that they should be? As times are changing, there's probably going to be less of that kind of. You're a man. You do science. You're a woman. You wear dresses and be a nurse. Like I think there will be less of that, and I think it's just about, like you said, you know, it's it's, it's about equality of opportunity. But really, when you come down to, it, I don't think we live in a world where there is no discrimination
1: at the heart of things. Yeah, of course, I think of course there's discrimination. But if you think about the UK, do you do you really think that? men are being encouraged to go into an engineering degree and women are being encouraged to go into a care profession and degree or is it more a personal choice that people are making because there are a number of research studies um, that do talk about what Philip was saying where men are more interested in things uh, and hence you see them going into careers like engineering and women are more interested in people and that's why you tend to see them going into careers like nursing or HR. Um, and isn't that a, a choice that people are making? Where do you think that bias would come in where men are being forced into that profession?
0: I do, I do think it's a choice. And I don't think people are forced, but I think, again, it comes down to, um, and this might be going a bit deep, but you know, when, when we're kids... It was, you know, my generation when, when we were younger, it was very much sort of like, you know, the boys want to be astronauts and the girls want to be ballet dancers because of the toys we played with, because of how we were spoken to as boys and girls. And I do think that's changing. So I, I don't I don't think at all that people are forced to, to go into one route necessarily over another. And I, I do get the, the scientific perspective, um, you know, of the more kind of caring nature, you know, I, of of um, women going to certain professions but I do think that as a society we do we have told children to
2: behave in certain ways. I think the more interesting point is why is it that engineering roles are more valuable than a nursing role and that yeah. is the point where I bring in the patriarchy and I think that that is how the so that's how society has grown to value a male dominated field over a female dominated mm-hmm. field. Why is it our teachers aren't important? Why is it our nurses aren't important? But yet yeah, you've got your yeah, engineers or pharmaceutical companies or you know, what is more valuable in our society and is that mm. more is that more gender influenced or not? Mm.
1: Yeah. <clears throat> definitely. I, yeah, I, I so I completely agree. I think that's a really good point because I don't think it applies to all professions because if you think uh, so data science, for example, I think it's a highly technical role and actually it's demand and supply. So you have a very small supply sure. of people that can do that job. But if you do look at jobs like nursing, um and teachers, and, and I, I used to teach on Saturdays for many years, and it's it's you know, that, that one day a week for me was more draining than my Monday to Friday. It's a really draining job. It's Um, so draining. (laughs) And if you think about teaching nursing versus tube drivers, for example,
2: Mm
1: -hmm. right? You could be a qualified nurse and earning a salary of 28 to 30K.
2: Yep.
1: And you could be a qualified train driver and be on a salary of 65 to 70K. And it takes roughly the same time to get those qualifications. And... The question is, why is one profession considered to be so much uh, more valuable? So I think that's a question of how society defines what is valuable and what isn't valuable. And mm-hmm. um, I think that's a really important question for us to think about. Uh, and it's, I think it's, it's, it's actually the relevant question rather than why are men choosing this profession women choosing the other profession? Yeah. Because actually, there are a lot of professions where men don't get paid very well. And there wouldn't be a case of having 50% representation of women in those professions, right? So, um, you know, I don't know it's the salaries, difficult. but I'm, I'm guessing prison officers, for example, you know, they might not be in a very high salary and that would almost all, all male um, more, or predominantly male employees. So th- there is a, a mixture, but I think there is a much wider question of why are some professions not paid enough?
2: And I think that that, in my mind anyway, that is a hangover from the days where the women are expected to home make and the men are the provider. And then how how long does it take and how much input do you have to put, give? And I think the answer is a lot of input to shift that mindset and make it actually, the reality is that males no longer get paid enough to support one entire household and not all males choose to marry and have children so of course there needs to be an equal distribution so it's not like you want to get more males into the lower paid roles so that the females can take the higher paid roles it's the concept of the value and how we value a certain type of profession over another what is it that is a more how does it make sense for our society to work when we, we know that ma- males and females both want to work and therefore there's only so much money to go around? Does that make any sense? I'm not sure I'm making any sense. Yeah, it does. <laughs> I've just got on my high horse. So, <laughs> so I,
1: I think that I, I guess there's also the element of, you know, because women are more interested in people and they are. Um, I mean, most, most women.
2: Yeah, let's yeah, make I'm a generalisation—a sweeping sure. yeah. generalisation. In in general, I mean, I, li- I,
0: li- I like most people, but a lot of people annoy me. So, yeah, <laughs> I have enough people uh, in today.
1: In in general, the data shows <gasps> yes. that women yes. are more um, uh, interested in people, and, um, you know uh, I, I've lost my train of thought now because <laughs> 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 you made me think okay. about my um...
2: your generalisations
1: yes <laughs> i remember my point now so I, I think there's this discussion around how do we also account for um, activities that traditionally women will do and um i think they're better at doing uh, as well which is um, you know um, if you say cooking cleaning? And cleaning i'm gonna kill you <laughs> <laughs> no i was gonna say looking after the kids
2: <laughs> and, oh, okay then. Uh, <laughs> that's because
1: I, because that's why women are better teachers, uh, primary school teachers, because they're, you know, uh, I think they're better with kids. They're more, uh, they have more emotional intelligence. Um, I actually think that's why they're often better managers as well, because you need a lot of emotional intelligence to be managers. Um, so I think though there are activities like that that women are involved in, which don't have a monetary value. So you can be a caregiver, uh, you could be looking after the kids, but you're adding value, but it's not measured in a monetary way. Uh, it's a bit like um, how the GDP is measured, right? So the GDP is all around, um, uh, you know, you could have somebody who's a billionaire and increases their wealth by 50% and everyone else is doing the same thing, but your country's GDP is going up. Uh, so how do we take this into account all of these tasks that women are doing that are not given a monetary value because there's that i don't know if it's famous but i it's that quote of if somebody was to um marry their cook our gdp goes down (laughs) because it's no longer a They get
2: paid
1: yeah they don't get paid anymore (laughs) so it's 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 how how do these uh tasks or activities, caregiving, looking after the children. How do we take this into account? And the fact that they're not taken into account is that uh, something that should be uh, incorporated into gender pay gap reporting. Yeah,
0: <laughs> mind
1: blown.
2: <laughs> I think it's it's yeah. I'm I'm thinking again about the um the sort of. 40s 50s probably before that where it was typical to have a house made or you know somebody living in if you're in the the classes that that I guess we're all in like people who have a a reasonable income and have they would have somebody to clean for them and we now see it as a luxury to have a cleaner so how can you monetize the invisible labor that often falls upon women. I can't count how many they, reels and social media posts that I see about this the invisible labour and the the sort of um, toll that falls on a woman versus a man because the woman would think about it and the man might not be thinking about it. So mm. I don't even know if there's a possibility to monetise it. I know they've tried in a few divorce cases. <laughs> they've tried mm. to monetise the child care the cleaning the ironing the hoover you know whatever it might be that's unpaid but i'm not convinced it's ever been massively successful yeah.
0: so i don't understand how how that would work so does that mean that you you if you do a gender pay gap for certain industries you would account sorry you'd what sort of just add on yeah. a bit extra for for lower paid jobs that you think have more value like how would they calculate that
1: I think it's or is thinking question? About, Yeah, so the question is if um you know, it's almost like saying when you look at statistics, you can have a straight number which is the gender pay gap reporting to say average male, average female, and look at the difference. And then you with statistics you have something which is called an adjusted gap or an adjusted statistics and you adjust for things like um these um these tasks that are not measured don't have a monetary value so you're saying you know maybe part of the reason that you have a CEO of a FTSE 100 organization that is working 100 hours a week is because they have a partner at home who's able to do all of these other tasks and if they didn't have them maybe they would have to stay home with the kids for some of those uh, hours and wouldn't be able to do that job how do we account for these activities that enable and so it's, it's like saying the gender pay gap is 10% but actually you adjust it down to 3% because we haven't accounted for all of this other work
2: okay got you interesting but doesn't that just increase the ability of a, of a male doesn't that just keep giving just vicious circle of okay we, we acknowledge that you're doing that well done and the end because obviously there is yeah it comes back to that question of choice and how do you know that somebody who's at home being the partner of a CEO of a FTSE 500 that they want to stay home Mm, yeah or are they forced into that choice by the fact that they're financially it would make no sense for them to go to work
1: then is it is it a forced is it forced or is it a choice they're making based on?
2: Based on the available opportunity, the options available to them.
1: Yeah, but everything is a choice based on options and opportunities available to us.
0: Yes. Well, if there's no opportunities available, then there is no choice. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, I don't think anyone who lives in the UK would say that, you know, no. hopefully. Like, nobody's being forced into that position, right? Somebody would make a choice that I would want to... Um, where, where, I, I, I'm just struggling to understand where where do you think somebody is being forced into that choice? What what, what is?
2: I think there's circumstances that mean that, say, you have <clears throat> you got to a certain point in your career as a person born as a female, and you are wanting children. You have your baby and then maybe another baby that there's then a limited option for what you can do to go back to work so is it, it it may be around the flexibility of work it may be around the remuneration of that work and whether that adds up with childcare, or it may be the general wish to not work in preference to the more caregiving responsibility
0: I'd also say, what about the women who feel like they are forced? It's a really tricky way of saying it, but feel like they, the option of having a family is taken away from them because they know mm-hmm. that that would have a, such a severe impact on their career. On the,
2: yeah, exactly.
1: So, so the choice there is, do I want to focus on my career or do I want to have children or start a family? Right. For some women, I think that's very much the case. Yeah. Or which a man a second or third. Have. Have. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think it's, it's not at the same level, but I think there are still choices that people have to make. So for example, if somebody does want to go for that really senior role or a CEO role, they do have to make a choice that do I want to spend a hundred hours a week working away from my kids and not see my kids grow up? Um, or do I want to sacrifice that time with my kids to, for financial gain? And I think those are choices that everyone has to make. Uh, and there are different choices because men and women are different. But I don't think it's a case of a handout to one group of people. They, they're having to make sacrifices at the same time. It's just different sacrifices.
2: Yes. question mark okay i don't know if this i but i guess that's the question isn't it do we want it to change or is everything just fine the way it is are we all totally okay with the fact that men and women are different and that's okay so do we yeah
1: so my question then is okay if you if that's the question should it change or shouldn't change if you could change something what would what would you change
2: Personally, I think it would be around the value of
0: Mm. tasks.
2: Who defined what is more important and why are the more important, more valuable tasks male-dominated? If it's a question that, you know, that you are being, as a a boy, you're pushed into STEM and you're Mm. pushed into those sorts of avenues and females are pushed into a more nurturing, caring role then what it, what makes those different roles more valuable or less valuable
0: yeah I think going back to your sort of nurses versus train drivers example I mean mm. it blows my mind that at some point in history someone was like oh yeah saving lives oh but it's a woman so not so Get, getting me to work very very important and like who made those decisions and how do we change them Men, men made those decisions. <laughs> of course.
1: <laughs> Sorry about me. The, the but it's patriarchy. Oh, These the decisions were made before my time, so...
2: I don't think it's that. My point is, I don't even think it's like the the full. I don't think a man sits down and goes, hmm, "What are we going to do today to make the women's life harder?" <laughs> I don't think it's that at all. I think it's just the way things are, and I think, and it's a very anarchistic way to You have to sort of blow everything up so that it will. And I suspect that's partially what the, the strikes that we're seeing going on lead to but it's not a topic for another time but you've got a a society that does value different things very differently and some of those are gender-based i do question the validity of the gender pay gap reporting to some extent because they're just there's a requirement to report but no real accountability so it seems and it's just yeah how do we get to the point where an organisation is saying we genuinely understand our gender pay gap versus here are our numbers
1: yeah but i, I think the question Hi. is is when you say accountability what could that accountability be because i think the numbers don't really mean anything uh right because it is a pure average of these 2000 people versus these 2000 people regardless of the type of role or responsibility or mm-hmm. anything so, what does that number really mean? So, if, whether it's twenty percent or ten percent, what is that accountability? And if there is accountability, wouldn't it be unfair to if, if the ten percent maybe is justified for freedom of choice reasons, and if the uh, if the twenty percent is uh, is not justified? So, it's I think it's very difficult to have any sort of accountability. Uh, I know you mentioned the um, the strikes, and it's a topic for another time and it's actually a topic for episode three of a case of the mondays
0: and spoiler alert
1: spoiler Exciting. alert so we, we will be talking about strikes cost of living and inflation so um stay tuned for episode three of a case of the mondays thank you to Philippa and sarah and um we'll see you next time on uh, a case of the mondays podcast